celebrating the connection with our pets. This is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Okay, here's the numbers, toll free, 1-866-405-8405 to reach out to any one of the dream team. And on the show today, well, you know, it's Pet Dental Month. For those of you that didn't know that. And it's so important that your pet's teeth are clean, not just for their breath and not just for cosmetic looks, but for their health. And Doc Halligan will be back with us. She is one of those people that actually does brush her cat's teeth every day. Good and, for her. And it really is good for her because I know uh, I tell people to brush their cat's teeth every day. But <laughs> and I dogs. Don't, I, I don't do it. And I Do you? I don't. I absolutely do not do that. I just tell people to do that. But you know what? It really makes such a huge improvement. And in compliance with cats definitely is hard. But I brush my dog's teeth sometimes not as reliably as I should. But wow, when I'm on it, I could definitely tell a difference in decreasing the time and the frequency I need to do those teeth cleanings. So it really is a way to empower yourself. Okay. Well, Doc Halligan says she's going to give us some tips on how to do it. So we're going to find out in just a few minutes what that's all about. Also, if you want to give up that stupid job and get into the pet industry, maybe as a pet sitter, because I see Judy, who's doing very well as a pet sitter. I'm afraid she'll actually quit Animal Radio one I'm, day. I'm ready. I can make more money doing <laughs> <No>. that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we're having someone on today who works for Pet Sitters International, right? Yes. And she's going to tell us how to get into the pet sitting business? Yeah, and tell us what kind of people been doing it, what kind of money they're making. It's okay, a big, that, growing industry. That's on the way. And we're also going to pick a winner for the Kimpton 5th Annual Pet Photo Contest. Someone's going to uh, three nights at a Kimpton anywhere in the country, and they're going to go on JetBlue with their pet. We're going to do cover all cool. this in one show? Yeah. all In fact, and right now we're going to go to Judy. Hi, Judy. How are you? Hi, I'm just fine. Thank you. Where are you calling from today? I am in Monticello, Illinois. Uh, Monticello, Illinois. You I heard that. that. You actually heard that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. So what's going on with your animals? How can we help you? Well, I have a very sick cat. Oh. About a month or, or maybe two months ago, she started throwing up all over the place and having diarrhea. Okay. And uh, once she was all empty and it all stopped, she was not eating or drinking. So I took her to the vet, and I've been um, force-feeding her with a little syringe, just not with a needle, of course, but pushing the food into her mouth and trying to give her water. But she got really dehydrated. That, you know, gave her the, not an IV of water, I don't know how you call it, but water under the skin. Hydrating her, yeah. Yeah, hydrated many times. And it's racked up a huge bill, which maybe I'm mentioning that. But uh, anyway... She she seems better sometimes, and she perks up and uh, gets around the house. But then it's like four feet or a little bit. Sometimes she'll go throw it up. I don't I don't know what's wrong, and they had no no solution for me. Just try this and try that. So okay. So when when I hear of a kitty in that age group that's having vomiting, diarrhea, and weight loss, there's there's actually quite a few different problems that do come to mind. Um, okay. Things such as kidney failure, kidney disease, um, hyperthyroid, hyperthyroidism, which is an excessive level of the thyroid hormone. Um, we can see problems like inflammatory bowel disease, um, and then in some cats, even things like lymphoma, which is a form of intestinal cancer, or, or which can affect other areas, as well as other you know cancer cancers that are out there. So for me, if I'm faced with those symptoms, um, I think it is very prudent to do some baseline tests to try to figure that out, to know what you're up against. 
and make sure you're not flushing money and time down the toilet because if you're not doing any good addressing the underlying problem, then you're just kind of putting the inevitable off. So my question to you would be what kind of diagnostic tests has your veterinarian done to look into this? They did. They, they tested the blood for kidneys and, and liver, and they were both fine. They suggested okay. the thyroid uh, test. However, it, it came on so sudden, it's hard to imagine that it's the thyroid. Um, so I didn't want to pay $112 to find out uh, something that was not likely. I don't know about the... They took an x-ray of the lower bowel, and it was mm-hmm. just empty. Her, her bowel mm-hmm. was just empty. Was yeah. There's yeah. nothing stored up in that one x-ray. Okay. So, um, unfortunately, you may be getting to a point where without doing some more diagnostics. Now, I can say if I have a kitty in front of me, sometimes physically there are things that I'll find that give me um, a little extra weight in which direction we need to go. So one thing in particular to ask your veterinarian is to make sure, you know, have you felt any kind of nodule in my cat's neck? And um, if we feel something, like a little nodule in the uh, trachea area, then that can be a real indicator that, boy, you better think about spending that money on that thyroid test over other things because that gives us um, some physical information that could be leading us that way. Now, the other thing that kind of goes more towards the intestinal direction that I do during a physical exam is is feeling the intestines. So sometimes we get a feel as veterinarians for what is normal for the thickness of an intestinal uh, loop and um, that is which is not normal. So sometimes that can be picked up during a physical exam, which might make us think about things like inflammatory bowel disease or lymphoma more commonly. Um, if that's the direction we're looking at, then, boy, I might look at more doing an ultrasound, um, something to give us some more information there. So I think that that's going to be kind of the challenge is that working as a kind of a team with your veterinarian to say, you know, hey, if, if I'm not prepared to spend more than another $150 on tests, where, where can you best help me out in trying to figure this out so we can turn the course? Because um, I do fear for for your kitty with where you're at right now with that timeline, um, you know we can't go on like this. Um, yeah. And and you did mention something I want to just kind of address is that for some cats um, it may seem like disease comes out of nowhere. But in fact, some types of health problems can be present for long periods of time, weeks or months, but it stays under the threshold of what we humans can see at home. Now, um, you know, if, say, you know, some tests were done months ago, you know, would we pick up t- trends and changes? Maybe. But um, there is a point at which, um, and we see this a lot in exotic species, which I, I commonly treat at the office, that they kind of hide and mask the disease till it gets to a point, and then uh, we start to see all the clinical symptoms there. So um, sometimes it is all of a sudden. Other times it's just, like, you know, it's just the cat's just not presenting fully with all those symptoms. Okay, I appreciate all that. Uh, yesterday, uh, she she blew up so fiercely, she lost her balance and fell off the side of the couch. And, and uh, I, I I was about ready to give up on her at that point. But then last night and this morning, she's been around the house. I caught her drinking water, and uh, you know it's like a roller coaster. So, yeah. Yeah, and and I feel for you, but golly, you know, she's if she's fallen over from just that bit of movement, then you know, I would definitely, you know, I, I would get back on the phone with your veterinarian and say we got to do something here. Help me out. Where, where do we go from here? 
if they don't have any direction, don't know where to go next, then sometimes it's time for a second opinion. It, it, it really can be. So if, if they don't have any other direction or ideas at this point, then um, you might want to just call around and get a second opinion. Because, uh, like I said, I, I don't know your cat, but I have several thoughts running through my head, and I would um, want a lot of questions answered yeah. on what, what we need to do here. Good luck with that, Judy. I got to say that we were sort of the same situation with Tiggers, who uh, was sick for the longest time just vomiting and throwing up and uh diarrhea every single day every single every single day several times a day and we thought it was really something very very serious and then we changed foods we had been giving her the same food for 10 years and for 10 years well six years she had been throwing up and having diarrhea we really thought that she was on the out and then we changed food to another food and all of a sudden she's not throwing up anymore and she's not having diarrhea, and she's gaining weight. So She's 15. It was simply an allergic reaction. So that's why I always encourage, go to the vet in that kind of situation. See if it's something yeah. as simple as an allergy, or if it's IBD, or if it's lymphoma, or something more serious. Right. And IBD, as we're saying, is inflammatory bowel disease, and it is often treated with hypoallergenic diet. So a diet change can be a, a great strategy. Big difference. Um, yes. So, yeah. Well, this portion of Animal Radio is underwritten in part by World's Best Cat Litter. Okay, cat people. You know who you are. It's just cat litter until you realize those big boxes usually mean big smells, big messes, big money. Listen to what I did. I switched to World's Best Cat Litter because it has concentrated power. Learn more over at TryWorldsBest.com. And thanks, World's Best, for underwriting Animal Radio. Okay, let's uh, head back to the phones. Toll free, 1-866-405-8405. We're about 10 minutes away from a news check with Lori Brooks. What do you have going on in the newsroom? There's a celebrity who is in big trouble. May uh-huh. cost her big money for stealing photos of dogs. Who? And we'll tell you who that is and yeah, what this case is all about coming up. That's on the way right here on Animal Radio. And in just a few minutes, we'll visit with Steve Panetti, top dog over at Kimpton. We'll award winner for the fifth annual pet photo contest. Woo-hoo. This was a tough decision for us. But it was. Someone, I love the pictures of all the animals. There were some great pictures this year, and uh, someone's going to spend were. three nights in a Kimpton hotel and go there on a jet blue anywhere in the country that there's a Kimpton. So wow. Let's see. Eeny, meeny, miny, Jessica. Hey, Jessica, how are you doing? Hi, I'm doing really well. Where are you calling from today? Um, I am in Apollo Beach. Where beach? Florida, Florida. Apollo Beach, Florida. Apollo Beach. I've never heard of that. Where Where is that in Florida? <laughs> it's, uh, it's a little bit um, east of Tampa. Okay, okay. Well, what's going on with the animals? I have the whole team here for you. Wonderful. Um, I'll tell you, my question is, we have two cats. And two dogs and a bearded dragon and, and, and many animals that we've had through the years. But um, a couple of years ago, a friend of mine told me that you did not have to routinely trim your cat's claws. That actually, if you look around your house, you'll see where the top of the claw sheds off. Yeah. Um, and as long as they have things to scratch on in your house, you don't ever need to trim them. That, that um, they're kind of take care of themselves. Um, it seems crazy to me that... I ignored my cat paws for about six months, and they haven't grown out and grown around into their skin. So I thought I'd ask that, though, your opinion on that. 
Sure. Well, the the big question is if you're comfortable with the the feel of your cat's nails, because it is true that cats that have provided scratching surfaces will um, remove the sheaths or the layers of the nails. So their nails grow a little bit different. They just don't grow out. They grow out and up. So it's kind of more like an onion. So when they scratch, they're actually cracking off the top layers of the nail. Um, the problem is, for some folks, that nail that's left beneath there is sharp. <laughs> it can be uncomfortable. So you don't have to try trim the nails for that benefit if they're breaking off those sheaths, but because some people find that it's still uncomfortable to have the tips of the nail catching on their clothing, their bedding, that they may like to have the tips trimmed for that comfort's sake. Now, the other thing would be for cats and dogs in the household, I think that sometimes um, that can help to avoid some potential like eye injuries if we have a little bit shorter nails on a cat than if they have that really kind of razor sharp tip, um, should they take a swipe at the dog's eye or something like that. Most dogs you'd think would kind of learn their lesson from a <laughs> well-respected cat in the household. But that's just one other thing that that can, can do. So for me, I do like to trim cat's nails every now and then. And it just depends on your cat and how well and how often they um, do their uh, kneading and their cat claw stretching uh, around the house. Um, but I like to do it like every month or every couple months. And the one thing I would say is that it's very important to make sure your cat can at least tolerate nail trims. <laughs> because, um, you know, that's always kind of a joke in the vet office. <laughs> we brought my cat in for a nail trim and we go, oh yeah, great. <laughs> cat that's never had its nails trims. Let's see how that well that goes over. <laughs> but I think part of that is to get them used to that when they're younger. Um, because a lot of senior cats have real problems with nail accumulation. So as they get more arthritic with age, they don't tend to break off those sheaths that they don't do that naturally, whether it's from discomfort, um, or just a medical, disease in general. And I do see a lot of senior cats, and we're talking cats usually over 12, that start to have problems where the sheath layers keep building up and it's very easy for the nail to grow into the foot pad. So I I just like to do a little bit of preventative maintenance to make sure our young adult cats can tolerate having their nails trimmed so we don't get to that 12, 13-year-old cat that will just have a, a meltdown if we have to trim those nails and help them out in their senior years. That makes a lot of sense. Thank you very much. Yeah, how old are your kittens? Or are they kittens or cats? Oh no, they're cats. Uh, nine and ten. Oh, okay. So they're. Up oh there. yeah. So they're they're in the prime of their lives. And do they run the household? I got to ask. <laughs> um, they do. We actually we acquired another dog. Uh, we had we had one dog. We have an Australian cattle dog, and he came in spouse pulled after the cat, and so they batted him around a little bit and showed him. They were bought, and so he avoids them like the plague. And then about a year ago, we got a pit bull, and um, she's been around cats. She's great with cats. But I think the cats haven't figured out what she is yet because sometimes they'll approach her, they'll touch noses, and then they walk away, and they still lambast the other dogs just terribly. So it's uh, it's been kind of funny to watch. I think they're kind of like, she must be a big cat. We're not sure what she is. I don't know, you know. But uh, anyway, it's, uh, yes, the cats, they, of course, roll the roof. Aw, super. Well, give them a hug from all of us here at Animal Radio, Jessica, and thanks so much for calling and listening to Animal Radio. We certainly appreciate that. Uh, calling from Florida. We get a lot of calls from Florida today. Have you guys noticed that? Yeah, definitely. Everyone's tuning in down there. Yeah. Must be that nice weather, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, toll free, one 405 8405 you're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. 
people say, less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Red Barn canned food for cats and dogs is grain and gluten free. I am the family dog. And it's that time of year again. The one where pet parents start looking for Fido-friendly hotels and destinations where Fido is welcome. Make no bones about it. Pets are part of the family, and we like to sniff out new places, too. And we hate to be turned away, especially when we're on our best behavior. So we won't be left out in the cold. Be sure to pick up a copy of Fido-friendly magazine to find the best hotels and destinations where Fido is always welcome. Go online to FidoFriendly.com and subscribe today. Recently, Verizon had to use tiny red balls to try to make you think they had a much better network than Sprint. But there's one big thing they left out. The new Sprint LTE Plus network delivers faster download speeds than Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile. While Verizon seems to be focused on tiny balls, Sprint has been obsessively focused on building the network of the future. And to celebrate, Sprint is cutting their rates in half. Switch to Sprint and save 50% on most Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile rates. You get the new Sprint LTE Plus network with faster download speeds than Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile. And we'll even cover your cost to switch up to $650 per line, only from Sprint. Better for less. Claim based on Sprint's analysis of average LTE download speeds using Nielsen and MP data. Speeds may vary. Offer coverage not available everywhere. Excludes taxes, surcharges, add-on, and premium content. Subject to new line port activation fee and credit. See website for eligible plans. Savings through one after pay full amount. Restrictions apply. Buy a free reward card after online registration and phone turn-in. Hi, Joanne Worley on Animal Radio. Hello! And please spay and neuter your pets. Be a responsible pet owner. As a matter of fact, spay and neuter your friends' pets also. Give it to them as a present. What a good idea. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Animal Radio, celebrating the connection with our pets. Here's the toll-free number, 1-866-405-8405. And on the other end of that phone, Judy is screening your calls for Dr. Debbie or Dog Father Joey Villani or Ladybug the Studio Stunt Dog, because we do have those calls. And you can also ask your questions from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android, too. Download that. There's so many reasons why. Go check it out right now before you forget, Okay. Uh, coming up in just about ooh, 10, 15 minutes, we're going to do a news check with Lori Brooks. And she she gets you all the animal news that's fit to print, I would say. Read, hear, fit to hear. <laughs> Am I the only one who didn't know what a kinkajou was? A kinkajou. A kinkajou. Kinkajou. No, kinkajou. That, kinkajou. Can you say that on the air? Is that racist? That sounds racist. <laughs> that's yeah, what I was thinking. It, it's not, but it, there was an elderly woman, nearly 100 years old, who had a, a frightening experience, <laughs> actually kind of a funny experience, and we'll tell you about that. And, and what a kinkajou is. I've been called a kinkajou before. I don't think that's the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that. What about you, Joey? What are you working on for this hour? Top that. Well, I still want to know what a kinkajou is. <laughs> we'll uh, find out. We'll have to stick around. Yeah, yeah I know. Um, the perfect haircut. How to figure out the perfect haircut for your pet. How can he figure out one for himself? Yeah, How can he do uh, that? That's asking I have too trouble much. just shaving. Does Hal still have hair? Yeah. 
Just a little bit there. That was bad. I'm so sorry. I'll be nice. Thank you. <laughs> you shouldn't be, though. That was bad. I, I just saw this brand new survey that came out of Manhattanville College. This is a young lady did a survey asking people, mostly online people, what their satisfaction with life was. And she found out that pet owners are more satisfied with life than non-pet owners. So it... Uh, This pet owner has a cat named Parker who's rubbing on the microphone. That's what you're hearing. You're a a very happy pet owner, too, aren't you? I am. If you are an unhappy person, may I suggest going to the shelter and checking out the pets? Yeah. So the survey goes on. They find out that dog owners are actually happier than cat owners and that cat owners may be slightly neurotic. Yeah, there's actually a survey behind that now. I could have told them that. Yeah. Yeah. They uh, they say, though, that it may not be that they're neurotic so much as that the people that get dogs are more outgoing and more happy to begin with. That makes so, sense. Uh, they also get out and exercise a lot. That uh, always makes somebody happier. So interesting survey. I'm going to post it up at the website at animalradio.com if you want to learn more about it. I might it. want to talk to that lady and follow up a little yeah, bit more on that study. Follow up on I will. I want to talk to her. Okay. This scrumptious serving of Animal Radio is brought to you by the grain-free Red Barn Naturals canned food for dogs and cats. Always made in the USA with natural, functional ingredients to support your pet's optimal health. We speak from experience. We've changed our cat's food to Red Barn, and all of a sudden, she is one healthy kitty. Learn more over at redbarninc.com. And thanks, Red Barn, for underwriting Animal Radio. Uh, Let's head to the phones toll-free, 1-866-405-8405 for your calls right now. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Hi, this is Carrie Annie Nava from Dance with the Stars. Don't forget to stay new to your animals, and you're listening to Animal Radio. This is an Animal Radio News Update, brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Pharmacy, with prescription medications and over-the-counter products like Advantix Flea and Tick medication delivered right to your door. Learn more at fosterandsmith.com. I'm Lori Brooks. Well, can you imagine this? Think. A 99-year-old woman in Florida awakes in the middle of the night to find a bizarre animal that looks kind of like a cross between a monkey and a raccoon, and it's curled up asleep on her chest. Well, first responders describe the incident like this. They say, the lady's sound asleep, and she feels something on her chest, and so she, you know, wakes up kind of slowly realizes that there's an animal curled up sleeping on her chest. And her first impression was that it might be a cat. But then when they both got a look at each other, they both freak out. The lady screams. The creature freaks out. It's known as a kinkajou, and it ran up into her attic. A kinkajou, by the way, is a South African member of the raccoon family that does resemble a monkey. But it turns out that the kinkajou was named Banana. It was domesticated and belonged to a neighbor and had escaped her home. And kinkajous, by the way, sometimes known as honey bears, are legal to keep as pets in Florida if you have a special exotic animal permit. Well, dogs may be man's best friend, but they are no longer allowed to be your travel companion on Delta Airlines, which has announced that starting March 1st, it will only allow passengers to fly large animals on its cargo service rather than as checked baggage. I never knew there was a group, but two groups will be exempt from the new rule, service animals and 
pets of U.S. military personnel and their dependents. Pets that are small enough to fit under the seat, well, they will still be eligible to travel as carry-on luggage, but the airline hasn't said why it's changing its pet policy, although according to the U.S. Department of Transportation, Delta was among the worst airlines when it came to pet deaths. And designer celebrity Lauren Conrad is being sued for using two photos of surfing dogs on her website without the photographer's permission. It was on a blog post a couple of years ago. Now, the problem isn't that Lauren used the pictures as much as it is that the company is suing claims that Conrad's site isn't a blog, but it's really more of a commercial enterprise where she promotes her line of clothing with coals and other things that she makes money off of. So the company is suing, asking Conrad to remove those photos and return any profits she gained from using them. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Pharmacy. With everyday low prices on products like Quellin and Rimadil delivered right to your door with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Learn more at fosterandsmith.com. Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Supplies have a vet VIPPS accredited online pharmacy covering all your pet's needs from heartworm medications and anti-inflammatories like Rimadil to non-prescription items like canine Advantix flea and tick preventive. Doctors Foster and Smith has your pet covered. We'll even contact your vet for you all with a 100% satisfaction guarantee low prices every day with free shipping on orders over $49 shop online at fosterandsmith.com because your pet's health and happiness come first did you know canine caviar diets are formulated with common health concerns in mind such as diabetes cancer and kidney disease you see canine caviar uses low gi carbs which reduce hunger and prolong physical endurance Free of GMO, gluten, hormones, steroids, and antibiotics, Canine Caviar's five-star dog and cat foods are the only alkaline-based foods in the world, and that promotes a healthy lifestyle for your furry family. Find out more at CanineCaviar.com. It's Animal Radio. Celebrating the connection with our pets toll-free, here's the number, 1-866-405-8405, and we'll go back to those wacky phones in just a couple of seconds. But first, we visit from the Lucy Pet Foundation with Doc Halligan. Hey, Doc, how you doing? Hi, I'm great. So today, in fact, this whole month, we're celebrating mm-hmm. National Pet Dental Month, and I brush, I, I don't brush my... <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I, let's tell the truth, Hal. You see, okay, yes. I, and I know Dr. Debbie's the same way. She said, you know, we're preaching that you need to brush your animal's teeth. And, uh, you know, we ourselves don't do it. I'm and guilty. We're guilty of not doing yes. that. Do you brush your animal's teeth? I do. Really? And they, do they like I it? Do. They allow you I to do it? I think because I wrote a book, guys. And I think after having written a book that had a whole chapter on it, it really kind of made me realize how important it is. Think if you never brushed your teeth. Oh, my ever. God. It would be horrible. Okay. That's all I have to say. And then you go, oh, God. And so the American Veter- Veterinary Dental Association says that 80% of all dogs and 70% of all cats have some form of gum disease before the age of three if you're not doing anything for their teeth. Correct me if I'm wrong. 
not only does it just look bad and smell bad, and but hurt. It, it could actually cause problems with other organs in their body. 100% because what you have to understand is that the mouth has a very big blood supply to the gums and everything. And so if you oh. get the bacteria that sit in there, if you don't brush their teeth or you're not doing anything for their teeth, then the billions of bacteria mix with the saliva and that hardens into tartar Ooh. and then it eats away at the bone, the gum, the bone. And then that's a rich blood supply. Where does your blood go? To your through heart. heart. Oh, your Where organs. Else? All your organs. Yep. Everything. So then the little bacteria go all over your pet's body, in their liver, in their kidney, in their in their lungs, in their heart, and definitely shortens their lifespan. Um now I'm gonna we're just gonna say next week I'm gonna teach you how you can brush your pet's teeth. Because you can, and it's not as hard as you think. You know, they basically, they say you need to be brushing every other day to make a difference. And um, there are certain animals that have risk factors that um, make them accumulate more plaque. That would be older animals because their flora is not as good. Certain breeds of dogs are very predisposed to getting periodontal disease. Like that would be yeah. like poodles, Maltese, uh, Yorkies, Chihuahuas. Yeah. The yes, small the smaller ones. ones. Because what happens is they have a smaller mouth with um you know for everything to kind of build up in. So right. that's why versus like a Labrador, their their mouth is is bigger. Now also animals they have different chewing habits. There are some animals that, you know, depending on how they chew, have a predisposition. And then also I think the food does matter. If you're feeding cheap carbohydrate food with sugar in it, do you think that's going to make an animal have more dental disease? Oh, I think it's going to make them have more dental Just disease. Like does humans, hard or yeah. soft food make a difference? No, it doesn't. But the, the sugar content and carbohydrate content well, sugar is a carbohydrate, yeah. matters as okay. to how much they will build up. So the diet does make a difference. But, yeah, we actually have board-certified veterinary dentists. Oh, I did not know so, that. Yes. Yeah, so in 1987, the Academy of Veterinary Dentistry and the American Veterinary Dental College formed um, the uh, Dental Society. So these guys can do crowns, caps, implants, root canals, even braces. Are now. you saying there's veterinarians that specialize only in dental work? <laughs> 100%. Wow, I did not know that. Yeah, that's wow. all they do. You know, like I, I'm not a fan of like braces unless it caused the animal to have a problem chewing. But, you know, I think what is really interesting, I tell people this, dental disease is 100% preventable. Um, and so, you know, like that's why we have a whole month devoted to it to try to educate people, um, on the dangers of not doing anything with your pet's teeth. The other thing we should talk about is it's very dangerous to have the non-anesthetic dental cleanings done on your pets. Why? Because what happens is the animal is not anesthetized. Mm-hmm. They they are awake and, you know, um, and I've done them before on animals that, you know, you can't sedate because they're so uh, at risk for anesthesia. But so you're 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 using instruments to remove the plaque. And what that does is that kind of scrapes the enamel. And then now you've got scrapes in the teeth that it's supposed to be smooth. 
and you're not polishing. Because could you imagine trying to polish with a rotor thing in an animal that's not anesthetized and you yeah. get, get their tongue? Plus, aren't right. teeth like icebergs? Like most of the, yes. the problems are really underneath the gums that those non-anesthesia can't get to, I, I assume. They can't get to them, no. And so I would only do that as a last-ditch effort if your pet cannot handle anesthesia and it's, you know, try to do that over anything. But I have animals come in and I look at the teeth and I say, you've had non-anesthetic dental, haven't you done wow. on your pet? You and because tell. it grew so much more and they get like five and their teeth are just rotting and I go, that's terrible and it's actually outlawed in California you have to be a veterinarian to do it I know they do it at a lot of grooming places oh we'll we'll do non-anesthetic dental and people think that's really helping their pet and it's really not you're better off not doing anything than to have those done yes it could, you actually could be harming them okay so yes. i have a lot of questions next week you're going to teach us how I'm to i'm going to talk about how you can do it how yes. we can do it because you do it and you do it with a <laughs> I cat, cat i have two cats for next week's <laughs> lesson will i need uh, gauntlets or anything like that no okay so you're going to teach not. us. There you go. Thank Doc you, yeah. Halligan from the Lucy Pet Foundation. I I can't wait till next week now. Yeah. yeah. I need some gonna help. It's going to be fun. Hello, everyone. It's Robert Semro, your Pet World Insider, here with this week's Animal Radio Listomania, five ways to a better smile and dental health for your pets. I've seen plenty of pets whose smile can melt a heart from any distance. I've also seen some pets whose smiles can stop traffic and are great candidates for doggy or kitty dentures. Dental health for your pets is as important for them as it is for you. As we've all learned over the years, dental health and the lack thereof can impact all the body systems and cause problems beyond a bad smile. Here's a few tips to help ensure that your pet will enjoy dental health for years to come. Number one, know the signs. The signs that your dog or cat may be suffering from dental health problems include some or all of the following. Bad breath, excessive drooling, inflamed gums, loose teeth, a lack of interest in food or water, tumors in the gums, or cysts under the tongue. If you're seeing any of these signs, talk with your vet and have them do an examination and plan a course of action. Number two, you should regularly check your pet's gums. They should be pink and not showing any injuries or black or white areas. And there should be no swelling or pockets where food can get lodged or stuck into. It's important to help your pets feel comfortable with you and or your pet partners touching and viewing the insides of their mouth. It's best to start this when they're young, but equally important to just make it a pleasant experience. Number three. Have a regular maintenance plan for the dental health of your pet. Speak with your pet healthcare professionals about what you should be doing and how often you should be doing it. Number four, if you're going to brush your pet's teeth, do so with a pet-safe toothbrush and or pet-safe teeth cleaners. Remember, you should only use pet-specific toothpaste as well. If you're uncomfortable about doing this, ask your veterinarian or check with your local pet experts to find out about professional pet teeth cleaning. There's a number of different types available these days. Some of them include anesthesia, while others don't. Consult your expert to know which is best for your pet. Number five, 
Talk with your vet and pet healthcare expert about toys, treats, chews that not only help with the anxiety and boredom, but can also support the dental health of your pets. And talk with your vet and pet nutrition expert about foods and supplements that can help aid in dental health as well as digestive support. Remember that pets rely on their teeth not only for eating, but also for protection, play, and overall health. Dental health impacts everything they do on a daily basis. So an unhealthy mouth can not only disrupt their eating and drinking behaviors, but also their overall behavior. It's not just about their smile on the outside, but their smile on the inside. Share your ideas on how to help with pet dental health on our Animal Radio Facebook page. He said, we're all across the USA, the most listened to pet show today. Animal Radio, we're everywhere you go. Animal Radio. Animal Radio. It's toll-free, 1-866-405-8405. And don't forget, you can ask your questions directly from the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Another way, uh, anytime you want, too. So let's go to any mini money. How about you, Bernie? Hey, hey, Bernie, how are you? Hey, how is this? How? Yes, it is. Hey, nice to speak with you. So where are you calling from? Uh, Center Valley, Pennsylvania. Is that uh, east side or west side of? The... Uh, we're in the center side. Center side. Center. Center, center, center. center. <laughs> Hence the name. It's east of center. Center. Yes. How can we help you? We have a whole dream team here for you, man. Joey Villani would be able to help me. I'm looking to uh, rescue a schnauzer from Mainline Rescue in uh, Valley Forge, Pennsylvania. Oh, um, well, that's great. I've rescued, uh, me and my wife have rescued many schnauzers, but this is the first one that is white, and I believe it's a mixed breed, but mostly schnauzer. But I've never had a, a dog with white fur, and we live in a very uh, a rocky, muddy kind of property, and we're just kind of wondering how do you keep a dog with white fur clean well the good thing is um and you've had um, obviously had schnauzers before yes. so at least you're dealing with a dog that's going to have somewhat of a coarse coat so that 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 red clay or mud or whatever you guys have up there it um you know usually will will, will fall off but it's going to definitely leave some residue so i mean i know you don't want to bathe your dog every single day or every other day so there's a couple of things you can do number one you can go out and get yourself some waterless shampoo that they sell in most pet stores now and, and usually um the ones that are on the shelf the, these days actually work pretty good they come in two forms, just a spray or foam. Both of them work well. And when your pet comes in, you put it on, towel it off. I like brushing it in first and then toweling it off. Or what I find something that's so super, super easy is cornstarch. And what you do is you just take your cornstarch, take the dog outside or put him on a towel or her on a towel, sprinkle with cornstarch, let it absorb a little, brush it through, and believe it or not, you're going to have a dog that's going to look um, really, really good. Now, is that like baby powder or, or, or like regular? Well, I wouldn't use baby powder. I would go to the store, and, you know, and you can get it in, usually in the baking section in the supermarket um, only because it's, um, you, you know, you're not going to have any type of reaction from it. Some baby powders, depending on what is in them, 
you may have a reaction um, with, with your pet skin. And you know what a box of cornstarch? I don't know what it is this day, these days, but it's under two dollars. I know that, and, and and it'll probably last you. Um, if you if you did it every day, you'd probably still have it for a year. Two other quick questions. Um, does it does there a first stain? Like in other words, can I can it so dirty that you can't get the the the, the dirt out? It really. Really, the only way coat stains is um, is from bacteria, um, and usually that's from either chewing or or, or tearing or teething. Um, but for the most part, no, it shouldn't stain um, unless there's um, some. You know, sometimes in 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 some of the um, in some of the dirt that they put around playgrounds or um, um, in any mulch, there may be some dye, and when there's dye in it it may dye the coat short term and in that situation you have to bathe the dog to get it out but technically staining is only caused by bacteria and if it is tearing or if it is um any any you know type of saliva just put a teaspoon of um white vinegar um or or apple cider vinegar in the dog's water now you got to make sure that that they still drink because sometimes they like and sometimes they hate it but what that does, it neutralizes the acids, okay, which cause the bacteria to grow. And um, what will happen is it eventually that staining will grow out. Wow. And one, one more quick one. Um, with the uh, waterless shampoo, my wife always asks, because we've used that in the past, she goes, what happens to the dirt? <laughs> Good question. Well, what happens is because you're toweling it off. So um, you're not going to get 100% of it off. Um, uh-huh. I came up with a product years ago, and we used... Instead of what we would do is we would use the waterless product and towel it off. And I found out that the towel would take off maybe 70% of it. If you really want to do a something a little bit more involved, use the waterless shampoo, towel it off, and then put the cornstarch on the damp um, areas. Right. And what that's going to do, that's going to absorb what is still left behind. And then when it dries, you just brush it away. Brush it away. And, and the, dog, the dog is going to look wonderful. You're going to be really surprised of how well it looks. It's it's really old world grooming is what it was. It, it's what um, before we had running water and um, you know people were washing their pets. That's how they cleaned them. They they would they would powder them, especially terriers. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Joey. You guys rock. Hey, thanks for your call, Thank Bernie. You. you rock even more. What about hydrogen peroxide? Someone told me that you could use hydrogen peroxide on stains and tear stains. Is that dangerous on an animal? Um, you can, but the, the problem is, especially tear stain, you don't want to get it in the eyes. And the regular hydrogen peroxide that you use, um, you know, for your for your cuts and scrapes and and, and, and bruises, it'll take some of it out. It's not strong enough. So what a lot of people do is they'll gravitate up to um, the stuff that they use in a hair salon, and which is a little bit stronger. But then you deal with irritation and all that. It's not it's not worth it because in something like that, that's a quick fix. Because that's going to clean what's there, but I'm not solving the problem, which is the which is the red yeast and bacteria that's actually growing within the coat. Okay, there you go. If you want to talk to Joey Volani or to Dr. Debbie, you can call 1-866-405-8405 right now. Or you could ask your questions right from the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's a free download. Thanks to those folks over at Doctors Fosters and Smith. Dogs or cats, horse or emu. 
Workers at the Meridian, Connecticut Humane Society are marveling at a mother cat named Satin who adopted a six-day-old Rottweiler pup who was rejected by his own mother. The puppy, now named Charlie, nurses right next to a litter of black and gray kittens. The kittens snuggle up to him like he's one of them. Charlie's dog mom was found on the side of the road. She gave birth to two puppies. One was stillborn and she rejected the other. A local vet explained that it wasn't that unusual for cats and dogs to bond in those situations. Rottweilers usually grow to be around 100 pounds, so as Charlie grows, volunteers are hoping that dog owners will volunteer their puppies to be Charlie's playmates. But for now, Charlie's happy to be a kitten, although he hasn't meowed yet. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Welcome, my friend. Here's the number, toll-free, 1-866-405-8888. Four oh five, and you can ask Dr. Debbie your questions or Joey Volani your grooming questions. Uh, you can also do that from the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. This hour, we will pick a winner for the Kimpton Fifth Annual Pet Photo Contest. Someone is going wherever they want where there's a Kimpton, and they're going to go on JetBlue with their pet. Some great prizes. I think that, from what I've just read, twenty three thousand people voted. That's twenty three thousand people voted oh, wow. for this contest, and there was over twenty two hundred pictures uploaded for this. Jeez, that's bigger, a lot. Bigger. My question is, which presidential candidate is now uh, <laughs> trying to reach those uh, listeners to, to get them to vote? Since since we know they're good voters. <laughs> uh, also, this hour, we're going to talk to Beth Stoltz. What does she do over at Pet Centers International? She the oh she's the director of marketing over there. Okay, so Pet Centers International is an organization of pet sitters all across the country. And do you actually belong to that? Is that an organization that you belong? No, it is. No, isn't. I think I belong to Pet Sitters Association. There's okay, so a there's a lot of organizations out there. And this yes. is just one of them. She's going to tell us how fun it is to give up that stupid job you have right now to become a pet sitter. It yeah, really is a job that can pay very well. As you're going to go from working nine to five to canines and felines. Yeah, and you'll probably work the holidays, too. Yeah, you can count on some early early morning, late nights, and lots of holidays. But, uh, oh, well. That's on the way. We're also going to do a quick check of news in about 20 minutes. What do you got going on, Lori? Got a great story about uh, a cat who got lost. And at the end of this journey that was over a year long, he was probably found in what he considered to be heaven. That's on the way. It's a great story. I'm sticking around for it. Toll free one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. It is an eight six six number, so dial carefully, or you might, well, I don't know, be voting for an America's Got Talent contestant. You didn't want to. <laughs> I, dial slowly one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. And don't forget, you can also ask your questions from the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. And we go to Laura. Hey, Laura, how are you? Fine. Where are you calling from today? Covina, California. Okay, and what's going on with your animals? I have a Chihuahua Pomeranian mix. Ever since I can remember, she's 11 years old. She barks when I come in and leave anybody, door. It could be even when the people are near me. And I can't find a way to stop her from barking and annoys everybody. 
Yeah, well, and that I, I can feel for you because some dogs have a, a greater tendency for alert barking and problematic barking. And a lot of the little dogs, we do tend to find that they have more of a trait. Uh, terriers in particular are, are known to be very vocal and bark. And, uh, you know, chihuahuas as well <laughs> can be very um noisy pets in that in that aspect so your challenge is going to be a little harder than say someone who's dealing with a young pet who we haven't already set a lot of established patterns over a long period of her life but the a lot of how we address problematic barking is to really address how we interact with the dog so for instance when people say oh gosh my dog just won't stop barking every time you know someone comes around well we look at how we interact with the dog when we come through the door You know, we are getting ourselves really wound up, and we are bringing the dog's energy level up. So that is one thing, is to really inspect how not just yourself, but every member of the household interacts with the dog. And I can't say enough about teaching the importance of teaching a dog a good place command. And this may be a down, it may be a sit. In my house, it's a pillow command. So um, the goal is to train your dog to go to a set spot before someone comes to the door or before um, the bell is rung um, or before you have those guests arrive and mm-hmm. to reward them for that behavior, exhibiting quiet, calm behavior, and then controlling the situation from there. So that may be something as simple as saying, hey, you know, to your neighbor or your friend, I want you to come over at 210. I'm going to leave the door open so my dog can see you because sometimes the doorbell or the knock on the door kind of escalates things. So I'm going to have her on a leash, and I'm going to practice this down stay on the pillow, and we're going to reward her. Um, so obviously this should be something you practice in advance of having any kind of stimulation, you know, having the neighbors over and things like that. Um, so you practice that behavior and reward her for that when she's only behaving calmly. If she's sitting there barking and carrying on. You don't reward for that. You may have to wait until it gets quiet for a second or two, and then you give that opportunity to treat and reward. And then you ask, what, you increase. Go ahead. What about when I, most of the barking is when we leave. That's like the majority of her barking when we're all leaving. Or like say if I put her in the garage and uh-huh. we come through the garage door, she'll bark. Or when I leave to work or anybody that's walking, it could be anybody walking mm-hmm. out the door. Yep. And it's going to be the same thing, but in opposite. So if you're planning on leaving, she needs to feel comfortable and confident enough that when you leave, that it's not a big deal. So a lot of times we actually put a lot of emotion to this when our dogs react. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. We'll be back. And, you know, we kind of talk to them as we're leaving. Don't do that. There's no need to do that. That actually just makes it more emotional, that departure. So, again, you know, if she's kennel trained, this can be an ideal thing as you give her um, an edible treat. Um, I like a lot of the times of hiding uh, frozen peanut butter in, like, the Kong toys and giving them something like that to chew on. And you do that, and there's no drama when Mama leaves. And um, that helps to create a less drama for your pet. There can be times when, you know, we may need to work on um, correcting that behavior while you're home. And that I just stress the importance of not 
negative correction doesn't get you as far as um, positive correction or positive rewards. Um, so, you know, if you're sitting around the house and say you hear a noise and your dog starts barking incessantly um, without cause. Now, there's there's a time when dogs need to bark because they're doing their job. And so we got to give them a little bit of leeway there and know what battles to pick. Um, but when we're talking about something like an entry or departure of the home, that is something you can control and um, look at those times to, to really reward quietly. If she cannot be quiet when you go to the door, then you have to practice those cues and departure and do that at other times without leaving because some dogs almost like separation anxiety they get themselves worked up so you grab yeah, your purse you grab your keys and then you go sit down on the couch so there's no reason for her to get excited and then you treat her and reward her for being a quiet good girl and it, it almost becomes a game you have to just kind of go through those motions and uh, recondition her to the idea that me leaving doesn't mean you have to bark so does, it, does that make sense yes it does it does it, it, it is a lot of work because, like I said, at, at her age already, you know, you've already kind of allowed her to teach you or you've taught her that you like it when you come home and she gets excited and jumps on your legs and says, oh, mama's home. So whatever you do when you come in, just remember she may have that same intensity of emotion when you're leaving. Okay. I understand that will work. I understand yeah. now how to do this. Now, and I do, like, for some dogs that are just problem barkers for every little thing in the house, if I'm there and I can do a correction, I actually like a little penny in a, uh, uh, aluminum can as a, a sign, just a thing to kind of collect their attention. And some people use the, the air, air guns and stuff like that. Yeah, the psst, psst, um, just to get their attention so that, that you can redirect them away from whatever that noise is. And then take control and say, okay, give me a paw, lay down, whatever. And then you're taking control of the situation, having her focus on you, not on whatever that leaf blowing in the yard is. <laughs> it is just, you know, I'm used to it, but it's other people. Like, I can't take her anywhere because then she'll bark. You know, that's the only part. Mm-hmm. Other than that, she's a good dog. Well, teach know, that old I dog see. some new tricks. There you go, yes. Hal. I like that. <laughs> you know what? Thank you so much. I've been trying. I tried to buy her a calming collar. Didn't work. I was going to go to a to buy her a muzzle while she was in the garage at other people's house, and they said mm-hmm. you could only leave it on for twenty five minutes. So that was something. No, I'm not do. a fan of that. No, not for this Neither purpose. Am I. No. That's why I was kind of. I don't want to buy it because <laughs> how yeah. they can't eat, they can't drink, and so I'll just leave it. I'll do exactly what you say and then see how that goes. Let us know then how things are going and uh, we'll, we'll give you encouragement along the way. Okay, honey. Thank you so much and I enjoy your guys' show. Thanks, Laura. We appreciate you listening. Toll free 1-866-405-8405 to reach out to the Dream Team. Well, this portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Stella and Chewies. You know, pets thrive when they're fed the same food they'd get in the wild. And meal mixers are an easy, convenient way to add raw, nutrient-rich meat, wholesome fruits and vegetables, probiotics, and antioxidants to your dog's diet. You can learn more over at StellaandChewies.com. And thanks, Stella and Chewies, for underwriting Animal Radio. Toll-free, 1-866-405-8405. The phones are ringing white hot. We go to line two. We have Jim. Hey, Jim. How are you? How are you? How's it going? Very good. Where are you calling from today? Uh, Wikiwachi, Florida. It's near Brooksville. I've heard. We actually get a lot of listeners calling from Wikiwachi, Florida. They probably have a lot of animals, that's why. Yeah. <laughs> so what kind of animals do you have and what's going on with you? I just have a chihuahua, a year and a half old, and I notice he rubs himself in the grass a lot. 
in, in any weather, like it's a little nippy down here today, he does the same thing, rubs himself in the weather, and then I, I take him in the house and he's scratching himself. Now, okay. now I've Jim, only seen, yes. I was going to say, now you're in Florida, so it, let, let's, how cold is it? Oh, I'd say it's in the 60s. Probably oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, oh, I just boy. had to point that out. <laughs> so Yeah, okay. I got a cold feel- on him, though. Uh, that's good because you know chihuahuas do get cold very easily very yeah. easily so is it normal for him to scratch like that is it a typical it, only behavior lately, he does he's, only lately he's been doing it and you won't believe it today I picked him up and uh, I was inspecting him and there was a flea on him and uh-huh. I've never seen yeah but I haven't been able to clean him or, or wash him lately due to the, uh, due to the weather being this, this cold so okay. I, I you know even though I have a blow a hair blower and all I'm scared to death of it I, I have to wait till the sun gets much stronger and then give them a, a, a wash, you know, a dawn or some other type of stuff that maybe you could prescribe or tell me that would be better for his skin because I don't know if he has dry skin or it rubbing in the grass is causing him to have, uh, uh, I nearly said termites. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Please. there are some dogs that it can be completely normal behavior that they rub and scratch their back on the grass. And that can just be kind of a, a joyous scratching experience uh, to kind of a dogs that like to scent mark. Like my dogs do that when they see a cow dung. They love particularly to roll their backs all over it. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> as if it's some... rubbing around. Yeah. yeah and so I, I, can... I didn't know why. I thought it was, you know, I mean, I don't have him to a psychiatrist or anything like that. I just wanted to know why he's doing that particular thing. Yeah, no, now, so, so that kind of that kind of behavior isn't bad. That's kind of a, either a, a scent marking, um, kind of a playful behavior. But if if you're seeing this back scratching thing more lately, and especially if you find a flea, the number one thing I was going to tell you <laughs> that can cause itchiness, especially along the back, is a flea infestation. And yeah, you're in a part I, of the country I, where fleas are definitely um, a, a biggie. So that is that would be my primary focus is to make sure that we're working very hard at treating the fleas effectively. So that could be a combination of topical spot-ons. Um, right. We also use that in combination with some quick-kill products that are in a pill form. So you will need to see your veterinarian for those. Right, but right. getting rid of those fleas is going to be paramount because just the bite from a single flea can continue to cause what we call flea-allergic dermatitis signs. So just that little bit for a certain pet can really send them over the edge with, with the itchies. So um, for some pets, you know, we'll give them anti-itch meds on top of that. But I think the flea tackling is going to be the, the biggest thing um, that you'll want to focus on. It's very interesting because I didn't know what to do besides I said, well, I'll go to the vet. And I said, well, let me just call up this, this program. It's very interesting. They tell you exactly what to do, how to do it, and why is it why it's happening, you know. So I said, let yeah. me call you, and I got the information. I'm Did you say you were it? using Dawn detergent now to, to clean? Yes, yes. It's good for uh, a friend of ours. We go to people who cut the dog, you know, cut some of these hairy, he's a hairy chihuahua. So they, we take him in to be uh, customized, uh, detailed, and they cut the hair <laughs> off of him, they groom him, and mm. uh, he looks like a human. And then they, and they said, uh, we told him the same thing, they said, oh, use Dawn. So I used it, and I thought possibly the Dawn was a little too strong, and then they went to uh, a, a, another type of thing that's for dogs and everything. And he seemed to be okay, but he just still went to scratching, like he had a flea or something, but... Not all yeah. the time. So for me, as far as um, Dawn, it's a great degreaser. 
Um, so it, it works really good if we have, say, like do- uh, dogs or cats that get into oily substances. It helps to really strip their coat and get that stuff out of there. But it actually can be a little harsh yeah. for routine use. Um, now, any kind of shampoo that you use, you potentially can help to uh, treat fleas, but it's really not a flea treatment by itself. So oh, I would rather you use a good dog, just a, a mild dog shampoo as what you would use to tidy up your baby at home and then um, use, like I said, a combination. In Florida, you have a lot of fleas, so you can't just rely, say, go into the store and picking up a spot-on product or a shampoo. You really do need to use a combination of things that are given by mouth and also by topical because you'll find that you just won't be able to tackle this for his comfort's sake. Yeah. Um, okay, as long as they so. just caught one on him. Yeah, well, if yeah. you see one, there's usually oh, yeah. a lot more. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Those those little suckers, and they do. They jump thousands of times their their height, so they can actually jump on your pet without you actually noticing or having the pet in a real heavy, dense environment where you might yeah, expect fleas. Yeah, true, true, true. And yeah, I take so, them yeah. out at night, too, sometimes. Yeah. Hey, so, Jim, i got to ask, where are you from? Your accent doesn't sound Floridian no, I was born in Greenwich Village. Yeah, that's what it's like. All right, like. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I'm a New Yorker. I was, I'm, now I'm in Brooklyn, and then I moved to uh, Staten Island, which was like watching paint dry. And then I moved to Jersey because my job was there, and that was like watching grass grow. And I retired. My wife says, why don't we go to Florida? I said, as long as you get me out of Jersey with the high taxes, I'm out of here. There you go. Thank you so much for listening, Jim. We appreciate you tuning in, and take care of that little baby there. Toll-free, 1-866-405-8405 to reach out to any one of the Dream Team right now. And don't forget, if you happen to have a Yorkshire Terrier, a Shih Tzu, a Pug, or a Mini Schnauzer, check out Dr. Debbie's books, How to Be Your Dog's Best Friends. These are Kindle books over at Amazon. We have links directly from AnimalRadio.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Stella and Chewy's believes that selecting the best food is one of the most important decisions an owner could make for their pet. We believe that pets thrive when they're fed the same diet they'd get in the wild. Dogs and cats are carnivores, and meal mixers are a quick and convenient way to mix a little raw nutrition and great taste into their diet. Made from premium raw ingredients, like grass-fed meat and cage-free poultry, with organic fruits and vegetables, meal mixers help kickstart your kibble. Learn more at StellaAndChewy's.com. Like the taste of fresh apples? Try an Angry Orchard hard cider. At Angry Orchard, we believe in tradition. That's why we use apples from a 100-year-old orchard. It takes two apples to make each bottle of Angry Orchard. So raise a glass to a time when apples were best served in a pint glass. Angry Orchard, when you're looking for something a little different. Crisp, refreshing, and not too sweet. Just like me. Angry Orchard hard cider. Angry Orchard Cider Company, Cincinnati, Ohio. Drink responsibly. Remember when a small business needed a landline? Today, landlines are a thing of the past with Grasshopper, the entrepreneur's phone system. On the road, at the beach, or at home, Grasshopper helps you grow your business. Get all the features of a business phone system and the freedom of a cell phone with our iPhone and Android apps. Features include multiple extensions for your team, calls forwarded to your mobile phones, voicemails transcribed and emailed, and so much more. See how it works at grasshopper.com, the entrepreneur's phone system. 
No matter what kind of allergy day you're having, relief can be yours with Nasacort Allergy 24-Hour. Its prescription-strength medicine effectively relieves your worst nasal allergy symptoms, including congestion, for 24 hours. <sighs> Nasacort has no harsh taste, is non-drowsy and non-addictive. Unlike Flonase, Nasacort is scent and alcohol-free. And in clinical studies with Flonase, more people prefer Nasacort. For effective nasal allergy relief, choose Nasacort. It's guaranteed relief or your money back. Details at Nasacort.com. Use as directed. Hi, this is John O'Hurley. You're listening to Animal Radio. And remember, most importantly, please spay or neuter. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. It's Animal Radio, celebrating the connection with our pets. And we truly are here in studio. We have all of our animals Little Parker is up against the microphone, so if you hear a bump into the microphone and uh, purring in it, he wants to he wants to do the news. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> this hour, we are going to pick a winner for the fifth annual Kimpton Pet Photo Contest. I know you're as excited as I am. It was very hard. We deliberated for many hours. Yes, we did picking a winner. And uh, also this hour, we're going to talk to Beth Stoltz. She works with Pet Sitters International. She wants to tell you that you should quit your job and become a pet sitter because it pays well. Yeah, I just started as a little part-time, just a little fun thing. And you got a thriving business, don't you? I do. It's picking up. It's keeping me busy. But if you got clients like me where the dogs are used to getting up at 4 a.m., oh. that would be a real Ooh. bummer if you're not used to that schedule. <laughs> yeah. Well, you spend most of your holidays, too, pet sitting. See, I've got, I can I can turn down those jobs. Well, so. you're lucky that you're in that kind of situation. Yeah. That's a freedom. Yeah, you can pick and choose when you want to work. That's cool. That's right. For Dr. Debbie, it's, uh, it's not been an easy month for her. She's got... <laughs> Well, it's pet dental month, and so you're in the the chompers of many, many different animals, and uh, mostly they're anesthetized when you do this. So, you oh, don't absolutely, to, yes, yeah. So, well, we'll uh, we do a lot of kind of courtesy dental exams during February just to help educate and kind of tell people, you know, this is what we identify is going on. This is what it may take to fix or to deal with that. So, but cleaning is kind of the mainstay of dental care, and uh, we do a ton of them—dogs, cats, you name it—in <laughs> um, this time of the year, and it's just so important to address that and not not assume that that mouth is okay because you don't look in there often. So we always encourage lift up that lip and look. Yeah, and not just for the cosmetic looks or the smell of their breath, but for their health. Exactly. Well, we know that dental disease, what it basically is, is plaque is a bunch of bacteria, and that actually showers the bloodstream, and that can lead to problems with kidney disease, heart disease, liver problems. So um, not treating your dog's teeth can actually jeopardize their longevity. So a lot of people are afraid of dental cleanings because they don't like the idea of anesthesia, but they don't realize they're kind of shortchanging their pet's life by ignoring that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, the risks far outweighs the, uh, or the benefits far outweigh the risk in that. Yes, and in most situations. So it should be individualized about, you know, when we do dental cleanings. But boy, there are so many dogs, um, that, and cats that can really benefit from good oral care, whether that's just seeing your veterinarian for cleaning or following that up also with home care, whether it be brushing, rinses, special diets and treats. There's so many different options we have now. And I had a 16-year-old dog the other day that came in for a dental. And wow. I actually, we talked about things. I identified some problems that actually are a problem for this pet to go under anesthesia. And they're really weighing the pros and cons of heart disease and early kidney disease and, and whether or not they want to go forward. But we, we're armed with information. She's armed with information, all kinds of information. You want to talk to her now about your <laughs> pet. You should see her. She's carrying just under each arm. She has a lot of information. Uh, you can call 
call her right now at 1-866-405-8405 and ask your questions about your pet. This is Animal Radio. This is an Animal Radio News Update. Brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Pharmacy with prescription medications and over-the-counter products like Advantix Flea and Tick Medication delivered right to your door. Learn more at fosterandsmith.com. I'm Lori Brooks. Climate change doesn't affect just the habitats where animals, wild animals live. According to animal experts, climate change is also affecting our cats and dogs. They say that fleas and ticks are getting smaller, and there are more fleas and ticks. They need to eat more often, and now those same fleas and ticks are causing problems in what used to be cold winter months. Now, for example, heartworm is spread by mosquitoes, right? But those mosquitoes used to only be found in certain colder regions. Now they are carrying heartworm all over the country. A distinguished professor of entomology at the University of California, Riverside, says environmental conditions are creating larger populations of these smaller fleas and ticks that will not only be eating more frequently on our pets and develop more rapidly, but they will also be spreading more pathogens. A Colorado farmer, what a lady, is celebrating the Denver Broncos Super Bowl victory by knitting sweaters for the 150 baby goats that are expected to be born on her family's 400-acre goat farm this spring. Now, most are going to be born in April, well, the first wave of them anyhow, but that's still a pretty cold time of year in Colorado, and the baby goats only weigh 8 or 9 pounds when they're born, so they still need some extra warmth. So this farmer's solution, the baby female goats will will be getting orange sweaters, and the males will be getting dark blue ones. The real animal lover she is, she says the sweaters have also been pretty useful for her 15 dogs on the farm. And of all of the cats that get lost in this world, this cat I'm going to tell you about may not have wanted to be found. He was missing for more than a year, but he's now been reunited with his owner after he was found feasting in a huge pet food warehouse in the United Kingdom. Clive was found in the warehouse about two miles from his home after repeatedly setting off burglar alarms during the night. It had everybody going crazy. Now, eventually, they discovered the Norwegian forest cat was the culprit of those burglar alarms going off, but they had a difficult time catching Clive. They finally caught him, and they reunited him with his owner, whose first words were, I can't believe he's so porky now. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Pharmacy. With everyday low prices on products like Quellin and Rimadil delivered right to your door with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Learn more at FosterAndSmith.com. Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Supplies have a vet VIPPS accredited online pharmacy covering all your pet's needs from heartworm medications and anti-inflammatories like Remedil to non-prescription items like canine Advantix flea and tick preventive. Doctors Foster and Smith has your pet covered. We'll even contact your vet for you, all with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Low prices every day with free shipping on orders over $49. Shop online at fosterandsmith.com because your pet's health and happiness come first. Did you know canine caviar diets are formulated with common health concerns in mind, such as diabetes, cancer, and kidney disease? You see, canine caviar uses low GI carbs, which reduce hunger and prolong physical endurance. 
supplements, free of GMO, gluten, hormones, steroids, and antibiotics. Canine Caviar's five-star dog and cat foods are the only alkaline-based foods in the world, and that promotes a healthy lifestyle for your furry family. Find out more at caninecaviar.com. Animal Radio, baby. We'll head back to the phones in just a couple of seconds here. Toll free, 1-866-405-8405 to reach out to Dr. Debbie or to Joey Volani or any one of the Dream Team. Uh, I got to tell you that as soon as the show's over, Judy does a little bit of work here. She she is the producer here. I do a lot of work. You here. do a lot of work. A little here. bit of work here. And then you leave <laughs> to do your pet sitting job, which you started kind of part time, but over how long has it been? It's been about a year now. It's really grown. It has it's, in the past year. Yeah, I, I've gotten a lot of jobs. I can kind of pick and choose what I want to do now. I don't. You can actually turn off. away people. That you I have do somebody. if it's not something I want to do. Yes, if we don't meet eye to eye on what the animal, what they want for the animal, then uh, well, no, it seems like it's a lot of fun and everything. It but. is because I, you know, you can only have so many animals, and this allows me to be around other animals. You know, I, I have a small dog, and when I was younger, I had large dogs. And now I get to go back and be with some of these large dogs that I don't have in my home. And it's kind of fun. It's kind of exciting to get out there with these large dogs and play. And then I come home. Yeah, but it's mostly like around Christmas and Thanksgiving. People go on vacation. That's when you have to work, right? You can plan on it. If you get into the business, you can plan on holidays and weekends. That's that's par for the course. That's the business. You know when you go into it, you're not going to be going on vacation at those times. Now, you've threatened to quit Animal Radio more than <laughs> once. Uh, I think I could make more money if I didn't have to come in here and do this. Really? I think so. It really is. It does pay that well. It, it does. If you, you know, I'm fortunate to live in a very pet-centric city. Uh, there are places I've lived where it wouldn't have been very profitable, but I live in a great place with lots of animals where people really care about their animals. We have on the phone with us Beth Stoltz. She's the Director of Marketing and Communications and Education for Pet Sitters International, the website PetSit.com. Now, is this the organization you belong to? You belong no, to? I belong to, I think, Pet Sitters Association. I know there's a lot of organizations out there that are doing this. Well, let's talk to Beth here. Hey, okay. Beth, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Very good. So tell us a little bit about what Pet Sitters International does. Pet Sitters International is the world's largest educational association for professional pet sitters. So we do two things, really. We help individuals who want to get into the pet sitting industry uh, build and grow their business, and we also help pet owners find local professional pet sitters. So you have a database of pet sitters. Exactly. I think this is the biggest question that everybody asks me, at least today when I told them you were going to be on, ask her this. Can you make money doing this? That is probably one of the top questions that we receive, and the short answer is yes. Um, we conduct a survey every two years. We're actually conducting a new survey now. But in our 2014 survey, um, the national average salary uh, for professional pet sitters was around $50,000. Wow. Now, is that full-time? Um, that's that's full-time. It's a mix of, of, of ha- part-time and full-time. That's the average salary. Uh, but we have many pet sitters um, that make well over a million dollars annually. Wow. So it certainly depends on uh, where you live. I know, Judy, you mentioned being in a pet-centric area. That certainly makes a difference. Mm. So if I wanted to quit my job and become a pet sitter, what are the things I need to know? Do I need insurance? Uh, are there organizations I need to belong to? Give me, give me the lowdown of what I need to become a pet sitter. 
Of course, you know, of course, obviously with Pet Sitters International, we recommend that people join PSI. Um, but for a few reasons. Um, first, you do need insurance. Um, we have, our members have access to a group rate pet sitter insurance, but an insurance specifically for professional pet sitters and also a bond for pet sitters is so important for anyone before they accept their very first pet sitting assignment. What, what kind of money can you expect to buy just to spend on that? How much does something like that cost? The rates do vary. Um, a good estimate is around $300 um, if you're starting out. The policies vary depending on the number, your client base and your average income. Uh, but a few hundred dollars is a fair estimate. And what does that protect you against? Is it like if, if the dog bites somebody? It, it does include that. The special thing about pet sitter insurance is that it's not just a general business liability, but it also includes care, custody, and control, which basically means anything that can happen while the pet is in your care. So if the pet bites someone else. Also, if you break a lamp inside of a client's home, uh, if the pet is injured while in your care, a pet sitter policy would cover any of those circumstances. Okay. Insurance, what else do we need besides insurance and being bonded? Um, we also suggest that you have a good service contract. Uh, of course, it's a legal document for any business, but for pet sitters, you want to have a contract with any of your clients so it outli- outlines exactly what you're responsible for um, and you have the pet owner sign off on it. So a contract is really important. Now, if we join an organization like yours, and I know there's lots of organizations, do we pay you a uh, commission? Do we pay you a regular monthly uh, fee to help educate us? PSI is an educational association. Um, so as an association, there's just an annual membership fee. Okay. Uh, we don't take any commission uh, from our pet sitting businesses for the, the assignments that they get. There's that annual membership fee. It gives them access to the group rate insurance, uh, to tons of educational opportunities. We have monthly webinars. We have a magazine, um, free resources and downloads throughout the year. Um, so our focus is really on education for our pet sitters. Okay. And then you do recommend me for certain jobs in my area? We have um, the Pet Sitter Locator on PSI's website. Um, and that locator allows pet owners to search by zip code. And they can also see the credentials of our specific members in those areas. Is there anything we should watch out? Any any stories of uh, pet sitting gone bad? Anything we need to <laughs> to be aware of? Well, you know, for pet owners, we our, their number one advice is to use a professional. Um, as Judy said, you know, getting insurance is so important, but so many pet owners still maybe rely on the kid down the street mm-hmm. or a friend that does pet sitting. And while those people may have great intentions, they don't have the training or the insurance coverage um, that would come into play if something were to happen uh, while the pet was in their care. Yeah, what I've heard horror stories is that they had a neighbor do it and they forgot Exactly. With a friend or a neighbor, when it's not their profession, mm-hmm. um, part-time or full-time, it may not be as big of a priority. We've actually um, heard from pet owners who called in friendships have been destroyed over these oh, types yeah. of situations. <laughs> you know, they trusted a friend and, and some things went really wrong. All great advice. Petsit.com is the website. You can learn more about joining uh, Pet Sitters International. Beth Stoltz joining us, the Director of Marketing and Communications and Education over there. We'll put links to everything you've heard on today's show over at AnimalRadio.com. This is Animal Radio. I just did a cat enema. A cat enema. That can I'm pretty sure that you have to put on gloves for that, right? Yeah, gloves and sometimes protective eyewear, I'll tell you. Sometimes when you get a little liquid, it just kind of propels things and... Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. You know, so, your job is one of those jobs you either love or hate. 
I gotta tell you that right now. You got, you gotta like grossness. I mean, any kid that wants to be a veterinarian, if you can't stand the smell of dog poo, or you can't stand something really pussy or boogery looking, <laughs> it's, it's not for you. You, you gotta love that stuff. And you do. I do. Yeah, I, I guess so. <laughs> Were you like that from a kid, from a teenager? Did your parents freak out? Oh my gosh. Yeah, you know, I think what they really knew they were in trouble when I had a, a little pet um, lizard, a little fence lizard, and his name was Rambo, and he was he was a delight. You know, I loved him. You know, I wasn't really allowed a lot of pets, believe it or not. So um, I loved him, and he died, and oh. I wanted to know why he died. So uh, my mom came home, and I was on the kitchen table dissecting him oh. after he had passed away. And um, granted, she, you know, I still got dinner that night, but um, she was very disgusted. I used the kitchen table for that purpose. So you were you were doing an autopsy is what you were doing. Exactly. Just trying to, you know, deduce the cause of death. And did you figure it out? Um, well, it, it, actually, it was a combination of things, but I was trying to force feed him, and I uh, kind of contributed to part of the problem. He had a oh. cricket stuck in his throat. Yeah. Uh. But he, he, there's a lot of things you learn when you have these critters. You learn what they need, and and that's a very important thing. That uh, you know, learn the husbandry, their diet, their uh, temperature, environment, all that. Very good. Well, you've come a long ways. If you have a question for Doctor Debbie right now, one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. Everybody's had trouble finding their car keys or maybe a TV remote. But when a California man lost his false teeth, he was convinced he didn't just misplace them. 68-year-old Bill Exner blamed the mouse, a mouse that Bill and his wife had captured three times and three times it escaped. He last remembered seeing his dentures on his nightstand, and after searching all over the house for them, he convinced his daughter's fiancé to take a crowbar and hammer to the closet wall with a small hole in it where he'd seen the mouse run in. After tearing up some molding, the dentures were retrieved. Bill's future son-in-law suggested boiling the dentures in peroxide before putting them in. Bill's wife says the mouse frequently comes out and stares at him, taunting him. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. 1-866-405-8405. Before we head back to the phones, it is imperative that we award a winner for the Kimpton's 5th Annual Pet Photo Contest. Again, another stellar year with some amazing photos and a really a hard time deciding from the five finalists. So much fun. I love seeing all the pictures. We have top dog over at Kimpton, Steve Panetti, joining us. Hi, Steve. How are you doing? Hey, I'm great. How's it going out there for you? Totally awesome. I, I got to tell listeners that have not heard this before about Kimpton. Kimpton, undoubtedly the most pet-friendly hotel in the country, right? Why do you think? Well, you know, it, again, you know you know how we feel about this. It's, uh, it's an, an emotional connection, and, and for us, pets are family. You know, and as we wouldn't charge you extra if you brought your spouse or your partner or your children, you know, why would we charge you uh, extra fees for your pets? It's it's why we have a company policy around no fees, no deposits, no 
height, weight, breed, or even animal type restrictions. I know you love my uh, my screen is if you can get your pet in the elevator, you're good to go. Uh, <laughs> well, we did have in Denver where the guy pulled up in front of the hotel with a horse trailer with two horses. And Uh-oh. it's like, oh, my God, what are we going to do here? Yeah, couldn't get that into the uh, elevator. But for it's most animals, you can. What was the strangest animal? I know we've asked you this before, but maybe you have an update on some new animals that have accommodations. Well, it's not so so much that it's strange, but we've had the monkeys. We've had... Uh, That's strange. Uh, we, get, we seem to get a lot of iguanas. We've had a koala bear. Um, you name it. And for some reason... And this year, we seem to get more rabbits. Don't ask me why. <laughs> but um, it's, um, it's always exciting. It's kind of like if you can... Put it on a leash, I guess. Um, you're going to be bringing it with you when you travel. That's how people are about their pets. Now, I know what some of the special things that you do for the pet guests, because my little ladybug was treated like royalty. But tell our listeners, what are some of the special things they can expect at Kimpton Hotels? Sure. I mean, you know, um, as our human guests uh, have comfy beds, uh, so do our pets. So the beds, we've got bowls, we have placemats, we have toys, we have sheets. You know, they're all all free of charge. We also, our concierges in our different hotels will provide a list of recommendations on, on pet-friendly establishments from parks uh, to supplies to bars and to restaurants, Every, all, the, all the places you can go. So you can enjoy um, your visit to our Kimpton cities as well as um, have a great time and a great time away from home with your, with your pet. I think what I liked the best was when I walked in the hotel, there was a sign that said, Welcome, Ladybug. <laughs> And they do that for all the animals, yes, too. Yes, they do. I, I gotta say, it's uh, yeah. Okay, so let's get down to brass and taxes here because this is uh, this is very paramount in in my life because I've had a lot of people coming up to me now and saying, "Okay, who's the winner? Who's the winner? Who's the winner?" And I just want to let them know, and I've been keeping my mouth shut for the last couple of days, <laughs> which is hard for you, Hal. It, it is very very hard. <laughs> and once again, this year. It was very hard to select from the five finalists that you gave us. We all voted on it, and we had a roundtable, and we discussed it all, because it's very important. Someone's picking up three nights at a Kimpton and JetBlue airfare and all kinds of goodies, so it's it's very important. So tell us about how many entries we had this year and what you know so far. Sure. We had um, we had a big year. We had 2,200 uh, entries. Wow. Uh, we had uh, nearly 23,000 people voted over the two-week period of time, which is a record uh, for this event. And, and like you said, we have the, uh, the finalists that are going to um, be eligible for uh, a great prize. And, and in addition to Kempton and JetBlue, we've got Fido Friendly, uh, Eddie Bowl, and Polka Dog Bakery. And um, I don't know how you guys do it. I'm glad you have the pressure to make that decision. <laughs> I don't know that I can handle that. But you seem to do a super job every year. Well, this year's winner. Are you ready? Drum roll. Is Ziva, Z-I-V-A. She's a Shetland sheepdog from Magna, Utah. And her guardian, Cindy Wilkinson, is with us. Hi, Cindy. How are you? Hello. You have a cute, cute dog. I got to tell you that right now. Oh, thank you so much. And you must be very proud because you and the dog and uh, one other person are going to be heading on JetBlue to a Kimpton hotel of your choice. Do you know where you might vacation? We're thinking about taking her to the beach, and so far we, we're zeroing in on Vero Beach in Florida. Wow. That should be fun. I'm jealous. 
<laughs> we are so excited, and Zima is so excited. I bet. Do you travel with Zina a lot? We've traveled some with her, um, but we've never got to go to Florida to the beach. This will ah. be fun. It's you know, great. kind of hard sometimes to take good pictures of our animals. What did you do to get such a great picture? And for those that haven't seen the picture, we'll have it right there at AnimalRadio.com and, of course, over at Kimpton. Tell us how you took such a good picture of this, Shetland. Well, she just looked up, and we looked down, and we snapped her picture. So she's <laughs> one of those very photogenic animals. and you can, and She has a beautiful smile. <gasps> she does look like she's smiling in the picture. That's what captivated us. I think we had another terrific year. It's a lot of fun. Um, you guys are such great partners. Our other partners that support us, uh, you know, they're they're wonderful, and we, we have the opportunity to work with them throughout the year. And I just want to thank everybody out there who participated, and, and even those who don't participate, they support your station, and, and in turn, they support us. And I hope that if ever your listeners are traveling, I know you're our greatest fan out yep. there when it comes to travel. and. And your stories and that you share, um, we're, we're most appreciative of. And I just hope that when people are traveling, uh, they check us out at KimptonHotels.com. And, you know, we look forward to maintaining this great relationship with you guys and, and putting a little bit more pressure on you again to make a decision next year. Yeah, well, that's what I, if you're just tuning in now and you say, oh, darn, I, I didn't enter this year. We'll do it again next year for the sixth annual Kimpton Pet Photo Contest. Top Dog Stephen Panetti, thanks so much for joining us today. We'll talk again, hopefully, before next year. Thank you so much. Thank you. And, Cynthia, thank you so much for uh, entering the contest. And, uh, like I said, for those that haven't seen Xena, I'm going to put pictures over at AnimalRadio.com. There you go. It's just flown by once again. Remember, if you need your fix during the week, download the Animal Radio app. And I tell you, it's a great app to have because you can ask your questions of Dr. Debbie and Joey Volani directly from the app. Bye-bye. Bye. Meow and Wolf from my gang. This is Animal Radio Network.